twowayradios.com, check, check. Bytwowayradios.com. Recorded almost live from Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's the Two Way Radio Show. Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roque. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll discuss JIS and IP specification ratings on two-way radios and what they mean. We'll discuss what they are, what tests are performed on the radios to meet these specifications, and how to read the rating designations. We'll also review the Midland WR300 emergency weather radio and take some of your questions from our blog and our forums at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by buytwowayradios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Buytwowayradios.com, your radio specialist. There are a lot of two-way radios on the market that are designated JIS or IP compliant. These specifications indicate some measure of ruggedness or durability, but what exactly do they designate? What are JIS and IP? Are you asking me? I'm having deja vu. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Exactly what you just said. The JIS and IP specifications are ways to measure essentially how durable a two-way radio is or more specifically water resistance and resistance to solids in in the case of the ip spec okay let's take it one at a time what does jis actually stand for jis stands for the japan industrial standards and uh it is not related to the ip spec it is does the same thing it's another way of measuring Mm -hmm. the same thing the ip spec measures so i guess let's talk first about the japan industrial standards or the jis spec and this is specifically for measuring water resistance. Water, exactly. Right? It, it does not measure solids. The JIS only measures water resistance. And JIS is a scale that goes from zero to eight. Okay. Uh, with zero being no special protection at all against water, or not at all waterproof, to JIS eight being submersible equipment usable for a continuous submersion in water under specified pressure. Okay. So that, that is the official definition of a JIS-8. And there's, of course, every level in between, 1 through 7. Um, so if I have a JIS-1, uh, it'll take vertically dripping water, and then JIS-2 is dripping water at an angle of up to 15 degrees. Okay. Right, JIS-1 is vertically, vertically dripping water is okay, which means if the device is, is standing upright, and water's falling on top of it, it will be mm-hmm. fine. The um, further down the scale you go, you you get if water's hitting it from an angle. Okay, so, and it has to be up to fifteen degrees. I guess yeah, that, that's sixteen JIS. degrees. It won't won't work. Huh? That is JIS two, correct? Okay. So dripping water, whatever device is is rated as JIS two would be safe. If you were dripping water on it from an angle of 15 degrees. So essentially, if I accidentally drool on my radio a little bit or, or, or spit on it or something, it, it's, it's probably going to take it. And 
Anything else? It's, it would it's probably be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, JIS three is where you start seeing a little more level of, of waterproofing. JIS three can handle a falling rain at sixty degrees from vertical. Um, JIS four, that's the level the the GXT one thousand consumer radio, which is one of our most popular consumer radios, claims to be waterproof. It is JIS four waterproof. And that means it will handle splashing water from any direction. It's okay. essentially splash resistant. So if someone else accidentally spits on my radio, uh, then then I'm okay. From any <laughs> angle, really, yeah. From any angle. <laughs> the, a JIS-4 radio would, would be fine. Now, JIS-5 takes it up a notch. These radios can now handle direct jetting water from any direction. I'm not going there. (laughs) I was going to say, if I have the dog next to me, I guess uh, my radios are safe from the dog. (laughs) I I don't know when a splash becomes a jet. That's not really um, defined in what I'm looking at. Yeah, it doesn't really specifically define that. I mean, at some point it has to cross over. Um, I'm not going there either. Yeah, and, and JIS-5 says direct jetting water from any direction shall have no harmful effect. JIS-6 says direct jetting of water from any direction shall not enter the enclosure, which means it's watertight. So, um, okay. JIS-5, the product could allow water inside, but as long as it doesn't cause any damage, it's fine. JIS-6 devices are watertight. Okay. Um, and JIS-7, water shall not enter the enclosure when it's immersed in water under defined conditions. That is immersion-resistant, and, of course, JIS-8 is submersible. All right. So if I have a JIS-6 radio and I want to play outside in, in the fire hy- with the fire hydrant, then uh, I'm probably okay. But I can't uh, go swimming with it. Uh, that's what I get from it, yes. There you go, folks. And JIS 7, I mean, those defined conditions, usually what we see is 30 minutes is usually what they say. You know, basically, if you drop it in a pool or something, you know, you're going to fish it out of there as quickly as you can. But Yeah, um, unless you don't realize that you dropped it in there. Yeah, yeah. That's usually what we see, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that's definitely more than than my cell phones have taken. (laughs) And JIS-8 so. seems to be the the big deal. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Anthony and myself were at uh, the IWCE convention, which is the big two-way radio show, um, back in February. And it seems like a lot of different vendors will have their waterproof radios sitting in aquariums and uh, with maybe a speaker mic hanging outside of the aquarium so you can see that it, it still, still works. works fine. Yep. Um, so that was pretty neat. <laughs> Yeah, so you can listen to the fish. <laughs> I can see that. Um, but <laughs> anyway, moving on to the IP code. The with business radios, what you see more than JIS is the IP code, which is the International Protection Rating. So that's International Protection, or what some people might call Ingress Protection, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And business radios use this much more often than JIS. And it is, um, I guess, a more extensive code because it doesn't just cover water resistance. It also covers solids resistance. 
and it doesn't say water, it says liquids resistance. Mm-hmm. So an IP rating usually consists of two digits. A lot of times with radios, for example, we'll see a radio that, that meets IP54 specifications or IP54 standards or IP67. And what we're going to do here is explain what these numbers really mean. If you see IP54, what is that really telling you? Well, an IP rating is always going to be made up of two digits. The first digit tells you how resistant the piece of equipment is to solids. Um, And the second digit tells you how resistant the device is to liquids. Okay, well, that makes sense. And so you have something that's 5-4. You look up what the 5 is in relation to solids, the 4 relation to liquids, and you have kind of a an overall view of just how durable it is. Exactly. Okay. The, the solids resistance levels range from 0 to 6, and 0 means no protection at all. 6 means complete protection against contact from a solid. No ingress of dust. So even small dust particles would not be allowed into the product if the first digit of the IP rating is a 6. That sounds ominous, doesn't it? Ingress of dust. It just has an ominous sound to it. It kind of does, yeah. I see what you're saying. We'll go through these pretty quickly. A a, uh, rating of 1 means protection against any large surface of the body, such as the back of your hand. You can't fit a large part of your body into the product. Well, if you could, I'm not sure I want to see that anyway. (laughs) Right. Your your foot or something like that would not fit into whatever this device is that's rated an IP1X. And and I'm sure there's somebody out there somewhere who's uh, wanting to fit their foot in a radio. I I can't even think of a device that would have a, a solid resistance rating of a 1, to give an example. Um, A solid rating of 2 means that smaller objects like fingers, uh, 12.5 millimeters or larger, are not able to fit into the object. So this is um, like if you see a window fan or something like that. Usually there's going to be a grill on the front that won't allow you to put your finger into it. This would be an IP solids rating of 2. It won't stop some people from trying. I, I've, I've, I know that. Yes, you must have kids. Yes. <laughs> um, moving right along, a solids rating of 3 means protection against anything larger than 2.5 millimeters. Uh, examples are tools or thick wires. Um, solids rating of 4 means anything greater than a millimeter is going to be prevented, such as wires or screws, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a solid rating of 5 means ingress of dust is not entirely prevented, but it must not enter in sufficient quantity to interfere with the satisfactory operation of the equipment. Complete protection against contact. So that means nothing outside of dust is going to be able to be placed inside the equipment. <laughs> if dust is inside the equipment, it's not going to cause any damage. And of course, a, a level of six means no ingress of dust at all. Complete protection. No, we're saying 
and it sounds weird, like, well, why would I want to stick a screwdriver in my radio or something? But but we're not really talking necessarily about tools and wires and screws here. We're yeah, talking about things like like large uh, grains of sand and things like that. If you're out where it applies somewhere. to radios now. The IP code wasn't made specifically for two-way radios. This is a very, very, very broad code that applies to, you know, most types of equipment, anything mm-hmm. electronic or, um, you know, you, you can apply the IP code to pretty much anything. It's, by no means is it, you know, limited to two-way radios. Like like table fans. and Yeah, I mean, you, you hear me going through that, that list a second ago. Why would anybody want to stick their finger in a radio? It's not going to. You know, what radio would that ever fit in? What wouldn't be IP2? Well, we're not talking about radios. They're talking about just fans stuff in general. The example yeah. I have. Uh, yeah, and then don't don't stick your finger in a fan and and uh, I I can see that. Um, so ingress of dust on five. Yeah, and the, six. the example that I gave, most radios you see have an IP rating of five four. That's a very very common IP rating, and in that example, um, the solids digit would be five, so that means that dust could enter the radio, but would not cause any damage to the radio. And probably that's due to the fact that you've got the the grill on the front of the speaker on the radio, where some small particles of dust could get in there. So if you're in a situation where you're out on the beach, and you're using the radios on the beach, as we all do, of course, don't we? Um, hmm. And uh, you know, you get sand kicked up in the radio. There's a pretty good chance that uh, if if they're really small grains of sand, they'll they'll probably get into the speaker element. Yeah, with an IP rating of five, it's possible some sand could get in in there, but it shouldn't cause any problems. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the second digit of the IP code, that is the resistance level to liquids. This scale goes from zero to eight. And, of course, zero being no protection against liquids at all, and eight being uh, the equipment is suitable for continuous immersion in water under conditions shall be, which shall be specified by the manufacturer. Normally, this means the equipment is hermetically sealed. However, with certain types of equipment, it can mean the water can enter, but only in such a manner that produces no harmful effects. So if you see an IP rating that ends with the number eight mm-hmm. that essentially means waterproof okay and then so we're going from a scale of one to seven it sounds fairly similar yeah you're going to see a lot to the of gis overlap. specifications yeah, yeah exactly um, one is dripping water just vertically falling drops and then you have number two vertically dripping water uh when the enclosure is tilted at an angle of up to 15 degrees that sounds actually pretty close that, to the gis Specs yeah, so with one regard. and two, we are uh, exactly like JIS, and even three, because three is uh, water falling from, as a spray at any angle up to 60 degrees. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, of course, number four is water splashing against the enclosure from any direction. And number five, water projected by a nozzle. Now, this is interesting because, uh, according to the specs here, a 6.3, or I guess up to a 6.3 millimeter nozzle, that produces a jet of water against the enclosure. I guess that's what it means. Now, that um, must match up to JIS-5, which is jet-resistant, but the IP spec here gives us a little more information. We were just wondering what the difference between a splash and a jet is. 
I guess there we go. Here we go. Projected by a nozzle, 6.3 millimeters against enclosure from any direction shall have no harmful effects. And number six is interesting because it says water projected in powerful jets, uh, 12.5 millimeter nozzle. Now notice they say powerful jets as opposed to just a jet of water. Uh, I don't know what they mean yeah. by powerful jets, but... Here we have a little diversion from the JIS spec, whereas JIS 6 says it's watertight. IPX6 says protection against powerful jets against the enclosure from any direction. And then uh, number 7, uh, just like the, the JIS uh, specifications, I believe number 7 gets into uh, the actual uh, ingress of water. You know, it can't enter the enclosure. Uh, actually, it says uh, ingress of water in harmful quantity shall not uh, be okay. possible harmful quantity. when the enclosure is immersed in water under defined conditions of pressure and time up to one meter of submersion. So I believe it's saying that water can enter the enclosure, but it can't cause any damage. The IP scale doesn't provide for a watertight like we see in, in GIS 6. But it doesn't really specify what harmful quantity means. I mean, we're, when we're talking about electronic equipment... I think we can uh, infer you know, that it means the device stops working. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? I mean, no, what I mean is any amount of water getting onto electronics could be potentially harmful. But the scale doesn't apply only to electronics. It could be... That's true. That's other true. types of devices, right? That's true. It's true. could be a number of things. I would say that if, if a radio manufacturer, for example, wanted to make an, an IP67 radio, which is a, a IP rating that we do see in some more durable, waterproof equipment, they have to handle water by not allowing it into the enclosure. Because you're right, any kind of, if you allow electronics to be exposed to water, I don't think you're going to be able to say it's not harmful. Okay. Well, let's look at a couple of examples of this. Um, we'll take Starting off with GXT-1000. It says it's JIS-4 compliant. I think we already kind of went through that. But if we look it up on the chart, it says that uh, it's uh, that it, uh, it will take splash splashing water. Splash resistant. Yeah. Splash resistant. All right. Uh, Motorola MS-350R. That one says it's IP67 water resistant. So if we're going to look that up, uh, what that means is that we look at first the, the, uh, the 6, IP67, so that's 6, which is the solids, and that says it's uh, no ingress of dust at all. So complete protection. The MS350 will be completely dust resistant. And then the 7. It is waterproof up to submersible up to 1 meter, essentially. Okay. See, and that's that's not difficult. That's a, It's an easy. It, the trick is you just have to know the chart. Once you know the chart, then you can figure it out. And there are a lot of radios out here that have these different designations and it looks confusing on the outset when you're when you go up to these different radios and one says this is GIS 4 compliant this is GIS 5 compliant this is you know IP 54 and IP 55 it's easy um, to get confused and it is. it's easy to just look at this as as a, an item on a spec sheet and say oh the IP 54 IP 67 67 must be better well you know, now you know why it's better. Yeah, if you reference the, the chart, once you know how this works, it's really very simple. Yeah, and you can also decide by understanding this chart if it's worth spending the extra money to get a radio that may be IP67 versus IP54. I mean, right. 
think about what these numbers mean versus how you're going to be using the product and, and what you really need. And it's not just the consumer radios. The business radios use these too, although they have a tendency to, to go with the uh, mill STD and the mill spec, that type of thing, the mill STD ratings. But they also use the IP and yeah, the GIS I, designations too. Most of the manufacturers' um, business radios put out at least an IP number for their products. And uh, I actually see that a lot more often than I see with the consumer radios. Consumer products are really only going to show you the JIS or the IP number when they're claiming some type of resistance. A lot of times they'll completely leave that out or they'll say something vague like weather resistant. Yeah. Well, let's take the ICOM ICF-60. It says it's IP67 resistant. So if we look at the chart, the 6 uh, being the solid, no dust will get through. The 7 being the uh, liquid, we're looking at... Uh, no ingress of water in harmful quantity, so it, it'll take um, it, it'll take some immersion in water. Yeah, so um, that's essentially dust proof and waterproof. Okay, and the Vertex VX two thirty one IP fifty four five is uh, ingress of dust, uh, not entirely prevented, but uh, it'll protect it in in uh, uh, to a degree. And then the uh, four is uh, water resistant to uh, what uh, splashing no yeah, splashing so splash so. resistant and some level of dust protection see folks it's really that simple you can review the JIS and IP charts we have a blog post where we list all of the JIS and IP specifications there and we'll have a link to that in the show notes on this episode of the two-way radio show um, also if you want more information about the uh, mill standard uh, we did an episode, uh, Mill Spec and Mill Standard, just uh, just a few episodes ago. You can go back and listen to that. We covered uh, the facts about Mill Spec and uh, Mill STD. People seem um, to like that episode. We yeah, a lot yeah. Of, uh, downloads on that episode. It turned out to be a very popular episode. A lot of people listened to that. Any other thoughts on the uh, on the uh, JIS and IP specifications here? I think we have beaten JIS and IP to death here. What do you think, Anthony? I agree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up, we'll review the Midland WR300 emergency weather radio. Does it meet our specifications? We'll find out next on the Two-Way Radio Show. Searching for two-way radios? Buy Two-Way Radios has what you need. Buy Two-Way Radios is the source for two-way radios and radio accessories from major name-brand manufacturers for businesses and consumers alike. Buy Two-Way Radios provides more than just great radios at a great price. We are a leading source of expert advice on the products that we sell and can assist in finding the perfect solution for you or your business. We also deliver great service. All of our products are stocked at our local warehouse. This allows us to guarantee processing time and fast shipment of your order. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, Buy Two-Way Radios can help you find the best solution for you. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buytwowayradios.com weekdays from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. Buy Two-Way Radios at buytwowayradios.com. Your radio specialists.
You're listening to The Two-Way Radio Show. This week, we're going to review an emergency weather radio from Midland, the WR300. We sell a lot of different products, and I think this is probably one that everybody could use. Mm -hmm. I think everybody should probably have one. Um, This isn't a two-way radio. It's sort of weird for the two-way radio show, but we've done emergency products before, and... Uh, it is a radio. Yep, and mm-hmm. it's made by Midland. We sell a ton of Midland products, but uh, it's the WR300 weather radio. Uh, it's it's more than just a weather radio, though. Um, it basically looks like a, a an alarm clock that you would sit on your desk or nightstand or dresser or, you know, a, a scanner or something along those lines. But Yeah, it does. It's... And basically, it just sits there. It sits there, you know, plugged into your wall. It does have an area for you to put your, you know, your batteries for a backup power. But it basically just scans for weather alerts, uh, the same SAME technology. It can alert you of tons of things other than just weather alerts, you know, any kind of disasters that get broadcasted over uh, the same technology are going to be picked up by this radio, whether it be amber alerts, earthquakes. But what we see a lot of people buying them for now is, you know, as we all know, there's been a a lot of awful weather throughout the U.S. um, as of recently. It really makes me wonder. Um, You know, being down here in the southeast, we really don't have to worry about tornadoes a whole lot. Our big season is hurricane season. Um, I would knock on wood on that one yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had unfortunately we had some come through last uh, last November, but um, tons of alerts, tons of alerts. Uh, that doesn't include elephant stampedes. No, it does Thanks. not. Um, but it's basically an alert system. To it, when it picks up an alert, it's going to produce a, a ninety decibel alarm sound. So it's definitely going to wake you up in the middle of the night. You hear so many stories about people that weren't able to get to a shelter or a safe place mm-hmm. in a timely manner because they they didn't know something was coming through until the roof was being ripped off or you know some, a tree came mm-hmm. through the window or, or whatever the case may be. Seconds this, count. No doubt. No Every doubt about it. Um, proactive alerts is, is really the key word with this product it's not something where you have to push the button and listen to the weather mm-hmm. broadcast it will let you know if there's an alert yeah and, and it's hard to miss i use this exact same radio at my house and it's very very loud and if there's a tornado warning a tornado alert you're gonna hear it and it's important to know it can save your life oh no doubt about it um and what i like about this radio is is they kind of take it to the next level as well. They've got access reports in the back. If you need to put an external antenna on it, you can do that. One of the accessories I like that that can be purchased with this is the strobe light, mm-hmm. um, especially for folks that you know don't hear as well or can't hear. That strobe light is a produces a, a, a bright. Um, or if you're outside, even you know, got some yeah. folks that will sit this outside if they're out grilling or or whatever the case may be. And uh, they'll bring that light, you know, so they can see. They may not hear that outside, that, that weather radio going off. They see that flashing light. They know something's going on. Yeah, I have one of those, as a matter of fact. In fact, um, I have the 
more of the base model, the base version of this, which is the WR120. You know, it's uh, right. less expensive than this, and it doesn't have a couple of the bells and whistles that the WR300 has, but it's uh, every bit as good. Also, you know, the 120, and, uh, the 120 has all of the basic weather radio features for proactive alerts, mm-hmm. all of that. What the 300 adds is more. Um, additional functionality, like it has an alarm clock built in. It has a um, standard AM/FM radio, exactly. A clock. Yeah. Um, those are things that aren't really important as far as weather features go, but they're you know sort of nice to have. The only real weather-related feature that's different on the 300 versus the 120 is um, that you can block out certain codes if you don't want yeah. to hear a certain message. You can put in certain codes that you will never be alerted to, if you like. The 120 does not allow you to do that. Like, if I don't want to hear about the elephant stampede at 3 a.m., I, I can block that out. Uh, whereas the 120, I can't, you know, the 120 uh, is also really loud. And it's it's awakened uh, my family me up several times. It's, it's scared uh uh, scared the kids and my wife before, <laughs> made them jump a few times, so uh, the sudden alert. But but that's what it's supposed to do. That's what it's that's, supposed uh, to do. That's exactly right. That's the whole like point. Like I said, there's been a lot of folks that, you know, every second counts. And and I'd rather this thing scare me to death and, <laughs> and get me up and get me moving than, you know, a tree coming through my window or, you know, roof being ripped off. If right. it's waking me up and, you know, scaring me into running down the stairs and, you know, someplace safe in, in case of a tornado or or some other disaster, uh, it's doing its job. Right. Now, it, it's also important to note that this gives you alerts specific to the area that you're in. So you're not going to mm-hmm. have to worry about being awakened at 3 a.m. because it's a tornado, you know, a state over. Um, you put in a code that uh, as soon as you buy this thing and turn it on, it's going to ask you for a code. You have to look at a list and figure out what your code is, but it, it basically gets alerts down to about a zip code-sized area. It's yeah. not your zip code, but it's a code that, uh, in essence, relates to your zip code. And then you only get alerts from that point forward for the area that you're in. And the NOAA's website has a list of all those codes and all those areas, so you can easily go look up the one for your area. Exactly. I believe the manual, When if you buy a WR300, the manual is going to show you exactly yeah. how to do that. That's right. And if not, we, we have links available on our website. In fact, we uh, did a whole episode on this, episode 13, um, Emergency Weather Radios, we have a link in the show notes to that to the NOAA site where you can look them up there as well. And we covered uh, weather radios. But um, this is a good, solid product, and, you know, it's inexpensive. It's not like you're spending a lot of money for this kind of protection. Exactly. $50, $49.99 for the WR300, and um, $34.99? I believe so. $34.99 for the, for the other. $34.99 for the WR120 at, at those prices you really there's no reason you shouldn't get one there's no excuse not for everyone not to have yeah like uh, i said i think everybody should you know i know what uh a lot of my uh, i've got a lot of my folks up in the midwest and and they're going to be getting uh weather radios you know because midwest is known for you know, tornado alley up there so uh yeah. better be safe than sorry 
Yeah, and That's true. these guys will tell you exactly what the alert is to. I mean, if it's a tornado watch, it'll say right on the screen, That's right. tornado watch. No elephant stampede. <laughs> I don't believe there's a, a code for elephant stampede. Probably a good thing. <laughs> uh, a- we have a code, though. We have a promo code. You, if you want to purchase one of these from us at buytwowayradios.com, enter the promo code SHOW and save an additional 5% off your order. So there's one code that you can use right away, and it will save you some money on a product that can uh, potentially save your life. That's right. Okay, any other thoughts on the uh, WR300? I think that covers it. All right. Well, we have some comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. The first one... The first one comes from uh, from Jenny, and Jenny says, "Okay, call me a dipstick, but I'm trying to find out if my two-way radios are strong enough to take with me on my cruise. I have the height TC1600. All it gives me is its frequency, and it's 460 to 470 megahertz. Can you help me?" And that's from Jenny. And first of all, Jenny, we're not going to call you a dipstick. Okay, we don't think you're a dipstick. I think it's a good question. Okay, the, the HYT, or the, the Height TC1600, that radio uh, is a UHF radio, but it is a very low-powered radio. It's a one-watt radio. It's actually selectable between one watt and half a watt, which is not a very powerful radio. It will work on a cruise ship, but it's not going to give you a lot of range on a cruise ship. It would not surprise me if... If you're on one floor and um, or one level, and the person you're trying to talk to is a few floors up, wouldn't surprise me if you had problems with reception there. For a cruise ship with all the the steel and and metal, I would really recommend a more powerful radio. Something around four or five watts at least. But you also got to keep in mind too. And I had a conversation um, yesterday with a lady about she's going on a cruise and. Um, you're not going to get complete coverage throughout the whole boat. No. I mean, that is, we've taken radios on on cruises, uh, you know, little company trips and whatnot, and some of the, the more powerful, the better, obviously. But, you know, you're not going to get, um, like, the staff. They're using, I'm sure they're using some sort of repeater or something on there when they're using their, their business-grade radios. Um, but the higher higher wattage radio you get, whether it be, I mean, I've got some folks that take Midlands, you know, GXT 1000s, 760s. I've got some people that even upgrade to stuff like Olympias and, and had some people buy a Vertex before to take on there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be a lot better than that. It sounds like what that HYT is. Although I'd rather go with a Vertex and an Olympia in that case. But, um, but yeah, still, yeah, either one would still be more powerful. You're going to get better coverage, yeah. from, you know, with the more power you've got, obviously. But just like I said, keep in mind, you're not going to get complete coverage throughout the whole boat right I, I would really recommend something like a midland gxt 1000 over this tc 1600 that she mentions just because it's a lot more powerful mm-hmm. um but again think about how you're going to be using the radios if you're all going to be you know if you and the people you're trying to communicate with are all on the same floor and you know you're all together going to go up on the deck to lay out in the sun or eat or you know it depends on where you're going to be communicating. The radio would be fine if everybody's on the same level. Mm-hmm. Just penetrating those floors is where you're going to see problems with such a weak 
or low-powered radio. And also, we did uh, cover that in episode 19 of the two-way radio show, Cruising with Radios. We did a whole episode on uh, on choosing radios for uh, a cruise. So you might want to give that a listen, Jenny, uh, get a chance. Uh, I think that there will be some additional information uh, for you there. Okay, the next question comes from... Uh, Next question comes from Kerper, and Kerper says, My girlfriend and I live on opposite sides of San Francisco Bay, probably a distance of no more than 20 miles, line of sight, perhaps less. In case of an emergency, like an earthquake, we would need to connect. So what to buy to ensure we do connect? Something durable and possibly waterproof? Are there radios available to the general populace to meet those details? I'd buy a wedding ring. <laughs> yeah, get don't her to be so separated and, and, and yeah, move in together. <laughs> <laughs> a wedding ring. There you go. I'm, I'm, she might like that. It's waterproof. It's waterproof. Yeah, exactly right. And it communicates so much. That's right. It communicates your love. <laughs> yeah. Or stupidity, whatever, whichever you want to look at it. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. But uh, 20 miles is, is a lot, you know, even line of sight. If it's line of sight and you're, you know, a lot of consumer radios will say 35 miles or, or whatever, but that's got to be direct line of Even the, the curvature of the earth is going to start to interfere with, with your communications at about seven to nine miles, I believe. So direct line of sight 20 miles means you're both on hills. And if that's the case... A very powerful radio is, is going to work, but um, I'd be nervous telling you to, to expect this to work well at 20 miles without something like a repeater. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, a very good radio is, is the Vertex 450 series. That, that's a 5-watt UHF radio. That radio is completely waterproof and about $289 a piece. It's a very good radio, a very powerful radio. If you are truly line of sight, it would work. If both of you are indoors, that's not line of sight. You kind of have to weigh the cost of the radios and the ring. (laughs) 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 Which one? Which one costs less? The radios or the ring? I I don't know. Let's see. Hopefully Um, the radios cost less than the ring. That's right. (laughs) In the long run, though, <laughs> we'll see. Hey, my wife is listening. A hey, eighteen years, of wonderful marriage. Um, so, um, so I'm not knocking. I'm not. Is that consecutively? I'm not, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not knocking uh, a marriage at all. Um, but um, yeah, that you know that darn curvature of the Earth. If, if the Earth wasn't so so round, you know. Hey, I've got um, another idea. Perhaps he could use a repeater. There you go. There's a website, mygmrs.com. He could go to that website and see if there are any GMRS repeaters in his area, contact the owner of the repeater, make sure they're okay with him and his girlfriend occasionally using those repeater frequencies, and then he could purchase a less expensive radio like a Motorola MR355 or an MS350. Mm-hmm. MS350 would be fully waterproof and supports repeater frequencies. So maybe give that a shot. Yeah. A little more involved than buying a couple um, VX450s, but. I've got a better idea. How about a couple of VX450s and a ring? 
Just give it to her with a ring. You may be on to something there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe he wants the radios to call and propose to her. I don't You're know. a regular old Chuck Woolery. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just a romantic at heart. What can I say? And our last question comes from, uh, from Annie. And Annie says, uh, while the other neighborhood parents let their toddlers, two to four, roam the neighborhood freely, we've told our son he may not leave the house or yard without one of us. We've decided for his fifth birthday he'll be old enough to go a few houses down to a friend's house to play, but only if he'll take a two-way radio with him. We live in a very safe neighborhood, but psychos are everywhere. I'd feel better knowing all he has to do is click a button to get my attention. What do you recommend? Do any radios include some kind of distress call, noise, siren, etc.? Given nicely spaced houses in a neighborhood with a relatively large yards, a quarter to half an acre, I'd like to have at least half a mile range. Thanks. And that's from Annie. I think the perfect radio for, for her situation is the Motorola MJ270R. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a sort of a mid-range consumer-grade radio. It supports FRS, GMRS frequencies, and it has some uh, emergency functionality. Like, uh, I believe it has a flashlight, which is uh, kind of cool, but um, also a big red emergency button on top. If there's a problem can hold button. that button in for a few seconds and it'll send out a, a loud tone um, of course it's also got uh, call tone features and you know things you typically see on a two-way radio but um, for talking to a, a child a few houses down that radio is going to be perfect yeah you know what though that is a good that that is a good way to use two-way radios you know for for safety and security purposes and give them to your kids and then they send them down a few houses down in the neighborhood to play, you've got some way to keep in communication with them, you know, without having to buy them. You know, a lot of parents are buying kids cell phones these days to do the same thing, but that gets pretty expensive. And I, I think it, if you're talking about instant communication, the radio is hard to beat there. Exactly. It's instant communication. There's no monthly bill, and you're not giving a cell phone to a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier. I mean, the MJ270R is $55 for a set of two, and uh, cell phone's going to be more than that. Yeah, that's that's true. And overall, it's it's easier to teach the kid how to use, uh, a five-year-old, how to use a two-way radio than yeah, a cell it's, phone, it's typically. Button. Hold this button in yeah. and talk. Very simple. So if he's in a situation or he's scared or he's, he's, he's got to, they've got to communicate with each other, he just presses the button, they're in direct communication. So I think that's a, that's a good... It's good uh, use of, of radios. Um, well, I guess that does it for our question and answer this week. Send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buy2waywradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussion at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on iTunes, Zoom Marketplace, Blueberry.com, or stream it on Stitcher. Okay, I'm going to ask that question again. Before we go, does anyone have any final comment? Don't forget to purchase a weather radio. That's right. Yeah, I think that's key, particularly during the coming months ahead. I agree. No other comments? Nope. Okay. Well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, Buy Two-Way Radios can help you find 
the best solution for your needs. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buy2wayradios.com weekdays from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. Well, everyone, thanks for listening, and until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And we're out. We'll be right back.